how uh, weird would my Christmas be without the Christmas cracker? In my childhood home in Wales, I used to love it when it was time to pull the Christmas crackers. And the cracker, as you can see, looks a bit like a big sweetie. And I'd grab one end of the cracker, and my brother or sister would grab the other end of the cracker, and we'd pull. And then, if we pulled it right, there would be a loud explosion, well, a crack, and, and then the cracker would come apart to reveal its contents, which was a Christmas joke, or a message, a plastic toy, and a paper crown. So we'd all tell our jokes, and then we'd groan at how terrible they were. For example, what do you call a boomerang that does not come back? A stick. (laughs) Or, why was the snowman looking through the carrots? He was picking his nose. (laughs) And there's something very nostalgic and unexpected about the Christmas cracker. We know how it works, at least, you know... Yeah, we know how this works. But still, the cracker makes us jump when that, when that first uh, noise is made. And then the, and then the joke um, and the toy and the crown make us smile. We love the unexpected. So what I'd like is, uh, maybe I can have Chris. Can you come up here? And uh, can you demonstrate the pulling of the Christmas cracker? Eh? You're going to hold an end. Eh? Okay, good. He's just pointed out the first thing, which I wasn't sure if he would, because I've been in situations where people do it themselves. But I'd like, uh, Chris, can you nominate a volunteer to come up and pull the Christmas cracker with you, please? Okay, there we go. All right, so watch carefully. All right, you heard the crack. Maxim won. Sorry, Chris. It's a sad moment for you. You can now go and... Have a seat again. Well, look at this. Such a such such gentleman. All right. And in there, what what's in there, Max? And what have you got? Would you would you hold it up? You you have a little joke or a little riddle? Oh, sorry. This is a Canadian one, which means it's general knowledge. <laughs> okay. And the answer is, what, what, and what else is in there? A yo-yo. A yo-yo to the toy, and what else? A little piece of paper that if you roll it, can you hold it up so people can see it? You got the crown. Okay, so you need to wear that for the rest of the service. Okay. So, now, how strange would it be if, in the Christmas meal, we grabbed our crackers and we turned to our neighbours and we pulled the cracker, heard the crack, and then we sat down and said, that was great, let's do it again next year. <laughs> it would be kind of strange. And why would it be kind of strange? Well, it would be strange because we'd be missing the point, is that the noise and the jump and the excitement of, at the beginning of the cracker is all well and good, but the whole point of the cracker is to be the one with the biggest side so that you get the toys and the loot. And I don't care how old you are, when you pull on a cracker with someone else, inside you are hoping against hope that it's you that ends up with the biggest side. And if you end up with the sad little side, like, like we saw with Chris, I don't care how sensible or grown-up you are, 
there's that little slight feeling of sadness. Is that true, Chris? Yes, but I consoled myself because there's two more racist <laughs> I was wondering where they were. I had to go home and get two more. So that's, that's really uh, great. <laughs> and, and so, you know, the purpose of the cracker isn't the noise. The purpose of the cracker is the stuff that comes after the noise. And when you hear the noise, that crack, you know that there's good stuff on its way. And I don't know if you realize this, that not only are crackers something that we do during Christmas, but they're also something that, um, that, that reminds us of stuff we need to remember during this season. You see, Jesus, the baby, is like the noise at the beginning. The angels are singing their songs. Mary is screaming as she pushes out her baby without any pain medication. Jesus is crying. I don't care what away in the manger says. And, and the cows and the sheep are mooing and they're buying and the shepherds are running and yelling and the angel is telling everyone not to fear. There's a lot of noise. And the Christmas story is amazing. It's about infinite almighty God squeezing himself into the skin of a tiny baby. It's the first genuine Christmas miracle. It's phenomenal. But I hope I'm not being disrespectful when I say this, that the really, really, really good stuff comes later. You see, any self-respecting cracker, in addition to the initial bang, has has three constituent parts. It has a message like a joke or a riddle. It has a main gift like a cool toy. And it has a paper crown. And just like we would never put a cracker down without taking out that stuff, so we should not put down the Christmas story without pulling out all the good stuff that comes later. Now, Isaiah 53 is what's called a a prophecy, which means that someone inspired by God wrote down some words all the way back here. And then hundreds of years later, those those exact words come true here. In fact, in, in fact, prophecy is one of the big ways that we know that the Bible is true because there are so many prophecies, especially about Jesus, and they all come true. And there's no way that someone all the way back here would have known um, that what they would come, that what they write would come true hundreds of years later here. But that's what happens. And so that's how we know that the Bible is true and it's written by God who exists outside of time and not just made up by a bunch of religious people. So Isaiah 53 is a prophecy about Jesus. And when Isaiah wrote it here, he didn't realize that it was a prophecy. But now as we look back, or we did, he didn't realize it was a prophecy about Jesus. But as we look back at Jesus and at Isaiah, we say there's no way that this could be a coincidence. And the cool thing about Isaiah 53 is that it explains why Christmas is so important, why Jesus had to come. And verse 1 of Isaiah 53 starts off with a message just like a cracker. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? Now, this isn't a message like a joke or a riddle. It's a super serious message from God, a message that shows us how much he loved us and how far he went to show us this. So there's a message. Now we move on to verse 5 and 6, where we see the main thing. This is the, this, this is the big toy. This is the thing which you're really excited about. This is the yo-yo for Maxim. This is the main bit of the cracker. 
And it says this, this is the main gift, but he was pierced for our our rebellion, he was crushed for our sins, he was beaten so that we could be whole, he was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away, we have left God's paths to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. And this is the main gift. This is the big reason why Jesus came for us. Just like the cool toy is the big thing of the cracker, so this is the main thing of the Christmas story. This is the reason why Jesus came. And really what this, what Isaiah 53, 5 and 6 is saying is that we are sinners. And because we're sinners, we cannot have a relationship with God who is holy and perfect and pure. And so Jesus came to pay the price that we owed for our sin against God and others. And as we read in Isaiah 53, he was pierced. He was beaten. He was whipped. In other words, he was punished. And he wasn't punished because of what he did. He was punished because of what we have done. It says that he was beaten so that we could be made whole. It says that he was whipped so that we could be healed. And this is the main thing of the Christmas story, what Jesus did in order to save us, what he went through so that we could be welcomed into God's family. And isn't it amazing how specific this prophecy is? It doesn't just say Jesus was hurt. It says that he was pierced and Jesus was pierced by nails through his, through, through his wrists, through his feet on the cross. And the amazing thing is that that form of punishment had not been even invented yet. And yet it says this specifically. And it says that he was beaten and Jesus was beaten by the Roman guards. It says that he was whipped and Jesus was whipped before being crucified. And so it's amazing that this prophecy written hundreds of years earlier is so specific. It's amazing. Now around the Christmas table, when all the crackers are done, you will see a strange thing. You will see all these kids and these grown-ups wearing paper crowns. And even the most serious adult will wear the paper crown because it's Christmas and they must look as silly as everyone else. It's in the rules. And they will continue to wear this crown for the rest of the meal. So all the garbage of the cracker might be cleared away, but the paper crowns will be worn until the end of the meal. And the cool thing about the, about the Christmas story is not just that there was a big bang at the beginning with Jesus' birth, not just that there was an amazing message sent from God through Jesus coming to earth and suffering, not just that there was a main thing, uh, which was his suffering and his death, but there's also a crown. Listen to Isaiah chapter 53 verse 11 which says this, when he, which is Jesus, sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. And what this means is after Jesus dies, he will rise again, and then he will look back on his 33 years as a human being from 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 the time that he was a baby up until the time that he died on the cross. He will look back on all that he went through, the pain and the suffering and the torture, and he will say it was totally worth it. And that's why it says in this verse, he will be satisfied. And why will he be satisfied? Because what he went through makes it possible for many people to be counted righteous. This means that Jesus, who was good, took our bad stuff. And because he took our bad stuff, it allows bad people like you and me to be treated by God as if we were good people. 
Because King Jesus laid aside his crown and suffered for us, those of us who choose to submit to him and follow him get to wear a crown ourselves, as we read in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, my righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. These past few weeks, we've been trying to figure out how to tune out the white noise in this festive season so that we can hear the true message of Christmas. And the first week, we, we talked about preparing the way of the Lord, living a life of expectation. That's one way we can tune out the, the white noise. Last week, we talked about shouting louder than the white noise, going and telling on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born and that Jesus Christ is Lord. And this week, we've learned yet another way to move beyond the white noise. And that's to remember that the nativity and the manger scene is not the whole story. It's just chapter one. We've seen an amazing nativity play and the kids did a great job, but the manger scene was just chapter one. You don't walk out after five minutes of a movie saying, that was amazing, I'm so pleased I went. But if you walk out of here saying, well, that play was nice, It's great to hear the true meaning of Christmas. It's like you're walking out of the theater early. The true meaning of Christmas is not God becoming human. The true meaning of Christmas is God becoming human so that we could know him, so that we could be raised up. And so we've learned here today that there's a message, God becoming human, And there's a main thing, which is the fact that that Jesus died. And there's a crown, not a paper crown, but a crown of righteousness. And this is why Jesus died, so that he can heal us and cleanse us from the bad things that we've done, the sins and the regrets, and so that we can have a relationship with him. The true meaning of Christmas is not a baby being born. It's a man who died and who rose again. The cross is the true meaning of, of Christmas. And maybe we should stop calling it Christmas. Maybe we should call it Crossmas. But I don't think that would take off. So what I'd encourage you uh, over, these ne- over this next week or two as we head into Christmas itself is to, is to treat the Christmas story like a Christmas cracker and to give it a pull and to see what's inside Because it may look ordinary on the outside. It may look like a bunch of kids on a stage doing a nice little play. But you will be surprised by what's inside if you give it a a try. The cracker is more than the noise. And Christmas is more than the story of little baby Jesus. And so this Christmas, you might be expecting a silly joke or a riddle. But God is offering to you a message of grace, hope. And second chances. And you might be expecting just a little toy, but God is offering you new life with him. And you may be expecting a paper crown, but God is offering to you a royal crown as his adopted son and daughter. And lastly, and this is for you if you are a Christian, crackers should never be opened alone. Crackers should be opened with, with two people. And wouldn't it be amazing if this Christmas that you helped someone open the cracker of the true meaning of Christmas. Let's pray.